So look at source one. Why do we do Mishloach Manot? Very simple. In Esther chapter 9, verse 22. At the end of the Megillah, when everyone's happy because finally we got through it all, we listened to every word, we're done with most of the Hamans. So what happens? The kids, sir, there's a party, and we're going to celebrate throughout the generations by sending gifts to one another and by giving money to poor people. So this is a way in which we celebrate Purim is by giving gifts to each other and giving money to poor people. Okay, the question that I have is We don't find that on Hanukkah we have a mitzvah to give each other Doritos and popcorn. Okay, we give each other some chocolate candies maybe, we like candles, but we don't find by sukkis we have to, you know, give each other candy, Doritos and popcorn, right? So why is it that on Purim specifically is the only holiday which we find this mitzvah of giving gifts to each other. What is the nature of this mitzvah? I know we have, there's a lot of theories out there. So I first want to hear what you girls think. I'm sure you've learned a little bit about this. And then we're going to see two or three different theories about the deeper meaning behind Mishloch Manot. Sounds good? So open up your hearts and brains, channel down some Torah, and answer of Kalman, what do you think? I wish I had a marker to write down your answers, but what do you think? Uh, you have a, uh, a marker? Uh, I'll, I'll go around to the other point. What you girls think about the meaning of Mishloch Manos? I'm going to steal a marker. Okay, we got it? You channel down all the answers? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay, so why do we do Mishloch Manot specifically on Answer number one. Um, I think after we won the war, we did After we won the war, we do Mishloch Manot. Why? Because a lot of times we win the war. Okay, so it's happiness. My only question to that is, okay, what about Hanukkah? We weren't, weren't happy when we won that war against the Greeks. We don't get drunk, okay? So what, we have to answer why that is, too. That's a difference here. No, no, not Oh, we eat junk food. We do eat junk food, but it's not part of the mitzvah. Say, oh, we have oily food, but we don't have a mitzvah to give each other oily food. But you're right that there's a little bit of a junk food connection. It doesn't have to be junk food, by the way. Yes. Any other suggestions? Maybe like to show unity within everyone, like after they went through it. I don't know. Okay, unity. Beautiful. Let's get back to that answer. Any other suggestions? Is food. You're saying food is a common thing. Interesting. I wasn't going to give that answer. I like it. Okay. Food is one of the things. 
So, okay, let's go through a few ideas that are holy sages. Suda, yes, in other contexts. That's why, if I were to give a, a shear about the mitzvah of the Suda, you would say, what do you mean? We have a Suda at every party. But giving gifts to one another is unique in the mitzvah of Purim. You don't find that about other holidays. And thus, my question stands. What? So if you're going to say, well, it's really just to make sure that everyone has a suda, then how come every mit- holiday we don't have a mitzvah to make sure that everybody has a suda? Okay, I'm glad. So I got paid the big bucks, you know? Okay. No, the truth is you could say that it has to do with suda. And you know, by the way, there is a mitzvah to look at for others on Pesach. We say, kol Everybody doesn't have a meal, come to my Pesach Seder. So maybe there is a concept there too of making sure we just do it in a different way. We don't give each other Mishnah. You're onto something. It could be. And indeed, I, I, I'm not going to get so much into the nitty-gritty details of Mishnah Manos, unless we have extra time at the end. But correct that ideally it would be giving them a food that they could eat during the Suda. So many poskim do connect the idea of Mishnah Manos to the Suda. Oh, exactly. And that's why many poskim say, for your, for your Iker Mishnah Manos, because you technically you only have to give one person two gifts, you should give them something that is at least edible during the meal. Now, it could be that concept is, well, they already made their meal. So you're going to give them a snack for the end, for dessert, or something like that. I think the real reason why we give them candy is because it's cheaper. And we're a junk food generation. It's more expensive. It, my wife makes like these fancy, fancy, you know, cakes, like uh, pies. It's going to take a long time. So you buy a Dorito and you give it to the guy in the street. It's a lot easier. That's probably the real reason why we just do candy. But, okay. So let me throw some ideas out, out at you holy women. First of all, um... We, why do we do Mishloch Manos? Let's, uh, something I just have to point out, I just think it's fascinating, is that in Nehemia, we do find another reference to Mishloch Manos. So you're talking about the time of Ezra and Nehemia, how it happened at around the same time period as Megillus Esther. So you look in the second source, Nehemia Chet Yudet, Vayelchu kol ha'am lechov lishlot ulishaloach manot lasot simcha. Okay, so there too, Nehemiah is get, t- gathering people and telling them to give manos to each other. How would we translate manos? Portions, very good, thank you, Sephardi. Right, give each other portions, uh, and to make a simchadola. So that would seem to lead us to what perspective, what is Mishloch Manos related to? To the mitzvah of? What's the next word after Mishloch Manos? Simcha, so it goes back to answer number one, happiness, so it's somehow connected to it. It says they were celebrating Rosh Hashanah. So we don't have a, a mitzvah. We don't see that we are obligated to give each other Mishloch Manos on Rosh Hashanah. So we have a big meal with Simanim and stuff like that. Apparently that was a unique thing in the generation of Nehemiah. That was just like Bali Chuba and getting back to Judaism. So it's not like possibly No, it says explicitly it was Rosh Hashanah. But it's interesting. I wonder if maybe at the end of this year we come up with a theory as to why, what's the link between Rosh Hashanah and Purim. Okay, there, there, there is something there. But I told it. All right? That was just a side point. So I want to go with theory number two for a little while here, okay? Let, let me explain theory number two that it's unique to Purim because uniquely Purim has one particular theme, and that is why did Haman claim that the Jews deserve to be wiped out? There's a nation one nation that is spread out 
throughout the entire world, right? They didn't go back to Eretz Yisrael in the time of Nehemiah and Ezra, right? Assuming this is happening after that story. They're very different. So it's not worth keeping them around, says Haman. So what's the reason why we should wipe out the Jews? Because they are different and separate. They're not united. Am mifurad umifuzar. Spread out, scattered. Okay? So that is the issue. And maybe that's why it's easy to knock them out. Um, because they're, they're not united. So what does Esther do at the end of the story in order to mitakin that, in order to fix this issue of the lack of unity of the Jewish people? Remember? She gathers all the people. Very good. Look at the next source in Esther, Perak Dalit. Leich knoset kol yehudim. Anim zayim ashushan kutumolai v'al tochlu v'al tishtuhu. Go, gather all of the Jews who are found in Shushan and fast upon me and don't drink and don't drink, etc., etc., etc. So how does she fix the mistake of the Jewish people being all spread out all over the place? She unifies them, unifies them to fasting and to praying. You know, it's a good way to get Jews together, is get them to daven for something. And indeed, she seems to succeed. So answer number one, just to put the pieces of the puzzle together, is that since the Jewish people's mistake was being too scattered and the fixing was to gather the Jewish people, so now at the end of the story, Esther wants a way to continue to bring the Jewish people together. So yes, there's something called Tainus Esther, where we fast and daven, and that brings us together in a kind of sad type of way, as Jews know how to do, how to be. You know, truthfully, from my experience in Israel, What's the time when you feel the most unity amongst Israeli society? Unfortunately, it's after really sad things happen, after terrorist attacks. I remember, you know, walking home from funerals with all of my community and all my friends and down from the funeral, and everyone felt so one and unified, but it was a terrible, sad type of way of being unified. Oh, but then there's another way of being unified, and that is through happiness. Now, how does Esther come up with how are we going to unite the Jewish people? What's the unique mitzvah perm that's going to bring them together in a special type of way? Well, Mishloch Hanas is one of those mitzvahs. Okay, so we, we know, we've already mentioned one of them is a suda, okay, which is not mentioned in this process, but having a, eating always brings Jews together, and we're singing and eating and drinking and dancing. That's always a very unifying experience. But that's for every uh, holiday, okay? We want to go further. We want to do something above and beyond. And that's Mishloch, sorry, Mishloch Manot and Mishloch Manot and Matanot Le'Evyonim. Okay? So Matanot Le'Evyonim is also not unique. Because in every Jewish holiday, you're really supposed to uh, give money to poor people before the holiday to make sure they have food. Yeah, but, this is really but this is on the holiday itself. We go over to a poor person, and we all know that uh, the Rambam famously writes, I wrote on the source sheet, you know, there somewhere, the Rambam writes, that it's more important to spend money on giving money to poor people than to give mishloch manos and have a big meal. And I, my wife and I actually count up. We, we take an account how much we're going to spend on mishloch manos and the meal. We host a meal. It adds up to a thousand shekel, let's say, whatever. Five. And then we know we have to give a thousand shekel, according to the Rambam, to, uh, to our poor person. We have a 
I have a friend. It's an easy one. You have to have two Evionim, right? So he's poor and his wife's poor. A couple. And they're very sweet, amazing people. Sadiqim, and uh, they just have a lot of kids and they can't pay the bills. So that's my minak. I, I raise money. We give it to our to our, our friend and he's very, very happy. Uh, but in any case, so that's, uh, that giving that money to that poor person is a way of bringing together the Jewish people, of, of feeling the unity of the Jewish people according to this perspective. And finally, leads us to our third mitzvah, the focus of today's year, Mishloch Manos. How does Mishloch Manos bring unity to people? It's sweet. It's fun, right? You go over your friend who, who maybe you're not so close to, or maybe you are close to, and then you get to go closer. That's true. Exactly. That's another beautiful way of taking the theme of Mishloach Manos and, and, and developing it further. But now, we, if we're looking at it in this way, we get it. It's all about bringing unity to the Jewish people. By the way, if that... I'll tell you something really interesting. Um, the the Chassim Sofer has an interesting theory. He says the whole reason why we give Mishloach Manos is really for Matanot Levyoni. We want to give to the poor people. That's actually the focus. But what's the thing? If we just give to the poor person, he's going to feel like a nebuch. So what do we do? We give to everybody. It's the theme of giving. Everyone's giving everyone. Now we want to give to our poor person so then he won't be embarrassed. You get it? Creates a different environment. You're not getting the shelf one out from like, like the poor person isn't getting the shelf one out from like this rich guy. Like just another man. From like Batman and like Batman's not giving the shelf like a rich guy isn't giving the shelf one out to a poor person like being Superman. Right. It's all it equalizes everybody. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. But it's very also, nice. The Rambam. Right. So I don't think he was thinking about the fact that like there's also like homeless people who need money for like to dress. Well, no one said you have to give thousand shekels to the same person. No, not right. Like not not that, but like still, like it's. I think he was thinking about that because it, it, it says in the Shulchan Aruch that for 364 days of the year. That Shabbos, but you know what I'm saying. That you have to think about things like this. You have to be thoughtful. You give it to the Gabbai. The Gabbai gives it to the right people in the right way and make sure it doesn't go into the wrong hands and people aren't going to use it for cigarettes and uh, who knows what. But on Purim, the halacha is kola poter. Anybody who opens up his hand, no nimlo. No, no one says you have to give a thousand dollars. You could take a ten agarut for all, for all I care. You could take a, a little chocolate candy, as I sometimes do. But dafka on Purim. It, we're beyond we're beyond thinking, well, if you can use it in the retina, perm, we're not in that headspace at all. Obviously, again, don't go crazy. Don't give $10,000 to your local drug addict. You can give him a, a half a shekel. And on perm, we're not going to worry so much about it. We're not going to start investigating everybody's background. And uh, No, perm's a one day of the year where we just chill. We just lay back and say, we, it, we're not doing it for you. We're doing it for us. 
we wanted to get it into a headspace that we're all one, and it's all unity, that it's all love. And so for one day of the year, we just say yes. The other 364 days of the year, we think a little bit, we still try to say yes as much as possible, but we only, we give to people who we think are going to use it in the best way. But Dafka, no, I think that, uh, again, you can say maybe they're in the Ramam's days, people didn't spend as much on Mishloach Manos. We, we don't have to spend, it's, it's our choice how much we want to spend. You know what I'm saying? Or you could do, do the, the, the old move of whatever your friend gives you, you then give to the next person and they just recycle Mishloach Manos. It won't cost you so much money. That's another way of doing it. But, um, but anyways, rock up. So the theme that we're developing is that one way of looking at Mishloach Manos, and really all the mitzvahs of Purim, is about developing the oneness and the, and the love, the Ava between the Jewish people. Yeah, you with me so far? By the way, it's a little bit of an off-topic, but that's also connected to the mitzvah of Amalek, of wiping away the Amalek. Amalek wanted to disconnect the Jewish people, and so the way to fix that is through love. So it's a little bit of a sheer for another day. Good. On that note, I want you to take a look at some of the beautiful quotes from Rabbi Shlomo Karlbach. Okay? You guys see it? It's in the English. So you guys know English. You want to... Read a little bit of the English quotes from Rabbi Shlomo Karlbach. Go for it. Go for it. With all your hearts, though. You have to do it. Rabbi Noah Inspire us. Teach us. Lamana Chayver Yahya. Mibur Dichov. Wow. Kiss every Mishlochman. That's what I do, too. In other words, we're so connected, we're such close friends that I can give you an apple and and a piece of uh, kugel because it won't insult you because it's not like me and the Queen of England. We're, we're best friends and we're expressing how best friends we are Dafka, by giving you a stupid Dorito and uh, half a piece of apple. It shows that we're so connected that I can give you a silly, a silly gift. Yeah. Keep going. So let me explain. Rosh Hashanah is just going deeper and deeper into this idea that we're saying, which is that Mishloch Manos, every detail in the halacha reflects this concept of when I'm giving you that little burrito, it's the greatest moment of expression of love. It's deepening that love and connection. So it doesn't have to be something simple. He's asking, he's asking why, why are my yotze on a silly little gift? Why is the minhag to give a silly little gift? Yeah, you can give a fancy schmancy nice bottle of uh, wine and whatever. But you also, and the minhag is more most people do, they give a little piece of banana and like a Dorito. Right, and he says, Dafka, that's a beautiful thing. Because it shows that it's not about this, the gift. It, 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 because we're best friends, I can give you a little thing, but it, it's just so much deeper than the actual... Right, it's the, it's, the, it's the thought of us being best friends. And that's why when I get a Mishloch Manos, I lift it up, I, I say it's fila, I do a dance with whoever gives it to me at my house. 
Pretend like they gave you the greatest gift in the world. So Mishloch Manas is the most amazing opportunity to bring oneness and unity and love to one another. And that's why, this is my, my tip, not uh, but I say, make sure you give one Mishloch Manas to someone who you're not best friends with. I'm not saying it has to be your enemy, but go to someone who's not on the list of like your 10 best friends. Good. So obviously, Midmohan went to my shear last year. And they got this idea. Um, so the idea is to dive deep in our connections. My, my main hug is to go into the Makolet on Purim and buy a Dorito and give it to the cashier. Say, I bought you this. How do you, I have this. Do you have Yeah, I said, you like apples and Doritos? Like, yeah. You buy a coffee and you give it to the Kofix guy. Okay, you got Yeah, and I have so much fun with it. A lot of people, people love it. Yeah, they have these random acts of kindness videos. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, or like, or you give the cashier, like, oh, or you say, like, choose number one to whatever, yeah. and then whatever it is. The yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Okay, good. All right. I want Okay, this, the second idea, and you guys already mentioned it, is that it's not really about unity, it's about happiness. So I might have thought, what makes a person happy? Eh, you know, money and a good boyfriend. And, no, no, you know what makes a person happy, says the Torah? Giving to other people. Giving in a deep, sincere way, right? Yeah, and I think I've talked a lot about that over the course of the year. I must have shared the famous psychological study where they had people, they gave them five bucks and said, buy yourself a smoothie or buy someone else a smoothie. And then they measure their happiness level at the end of the day. And who is happier, of course? The people who gave the smoothie. Because giving actually, besides for creating uh, mitzvahs in the next world forever, but also actually creates happiness within us. So it's, it's in the English. It's, I didn't, I didn't, I'm, I'm going a little bit on a tangent. The point is, it's based on what the Ramam says. The Ramam says, that it's, uh, that it's also the real reason we're giving all these gifts is for me to be happy. So how do I get happy? By giving you, by giving you, by making you happy, I myself get happiness. And so it's a unique expression of the unique happiness of Purim, which many halachas express all the different things we do on Purim. So this is just an, an aspect of the simcha, which is expressed on Purim. You with me? Cool? Okay. I want to develop the last theory. That is not my own. It's Rabbi Foreman's in one of his beautiful shirim. And he wants to take us back to the very first Mishloach Manos. Okay? Who gave the first Mishloach Manos in the Bible? In the Torah? Who's the proto Mishloach Manos? The prototype, exactly. Who's the prototype? Interesting. He's giving a gift to Hashem. Okay, I like it. Very nice. Uh, Avram giving food to his guest. Okay, very nice. Very nice. The reform is a different theory. Okay, so let's let's follow him. So it's the first. We have to open up our Megillus Esther. And what we want to find is the mitzvah was a mishloch manot, right? Gifts, ish, 
a man, lirehu. This is all at the bottom. The first mishloach manos. Okay, you see the first. So we want to find a manos. We want to find an ish. We find a, a re'ehu, the friend. You with me? So let's go find the ish. Okay, let's start with that. So you see Esther Aleph Tesayin? Let's read together. I'm sorry, did I get the order wrong? Oh, okay, I switched the order. Go to the second source. Sorry. Ish Yehudiya Mordechai ben Yair ben Shimi ben Kish ish Yemini. So, is he from Yehuda or is he from Binyamin? That's a good cheer for another day. I don't know. But what is he definitely? It says ish Yehudi. Yehudi usually means you from the tribe of Yehuda. Yehudi back then didn't mean a Jewish person. No, no. Um, no, but I guess some some of the tribes may have already exiled themselves and still been some of them might have been alive like Benjaminite people were probably all like nowadays uh, probably but there may have been some other Shimonites and Benjaminites who got mixed up with the Judites for all we know so that's, that but that's now I don't know if it but that means he could have been both because like he's from the Right, so that's one. There's a lot of different ways to try to figure out. There's a lot of, a lot of depth to why it's Binyam and Yehuda. It's a really cool concept for another day. But what I want to focus on the fact is not Binyam and Yehuda, but what is he for sure? Before, ish. What does it say twice? He said Ish. It goes out of its way to call him an Ish. Okay? So we've discovered our Ish. We're looking for a Mishloch Manot Ish Lere'ehu, right? So we found our Mordechai. So now the question is, does Mordechai, our Ish, ever give manos to a Rea, to a friend? Okay, just to quickly review, we're finding the first Mishloch Manos in Tanakh. So we found our Ish. Our Ish is Mordechai. He's the man. He's the man, right? If somebody ever asks who's the man, Mordechai is the man. Mordechai is the man. So now we have to ask ourselves, who's the Rea? Who's the friend? Okay, so take a look in Esther, Aleph, Yudtes. You looking at it? Everybody with me? I'll read. Melech Tov, Dvar So Memuchan goes over to Achashverosh after the whole Vashti affair. Where Vashti did her crazy things and she disrespected the king. And now Memuchan, who Chazal says, of course, Haman gives advice to So if this Vashti is a really bad person, we should take her off her throne. You know what we should take with her fancy crown? We should give it to? Who, and how do we call that in Hebrew? To a rea hatovah mirah. To a friend who is better than her. We're going to take Ahasuerus' crown and give it to a better friend. Now, you guys remember the end of the story? Who ends up taking the crown of Ashti? Esther. Esther. So Esther is the Rhea. Okay? Esther, we've discovered, we got the Ish, that's Mordechai. We got the Rhea, that's Esther. 
because she took the place of Vashti. You following this? You guys got this Torah so far? You're going to have to give it over at your perm table, and it's going to be wild and crazy. Everyone's going to be spinning in depth, okay? So we found our Ish, we have our Rea, so now what do we got to find? The mana. We got to find the gifts. Does the Ish Mordechai ever give the Rea Esther manos? Gifts, okay? Before we do that, one cute little uh, side check I just want to point out. This phrase, Re'ahatovamimena, only comes up one other place in Tanakh. And interestingly, it's a story of Shaul and David Amalek. When Shmuel says, I'm going to take the crown of Shaul and give it Re'ahatovimech to your friend who is better than you. And Shmuel, Aleph Tetvav, as I brought down. Now, who is Shaul? From what tribe is Shaul from? Benyamin. Who is Esther from? We generally assume Binyamin, okay? So, Shaul from Binyamin was replaced by David. David came from... So, Binyamin was replaced by Yehuda. And now, Esther is a Rhea of Binyamin, and she is replacing Vashti with the help of who? Mordechai Yehudi. So now Yehuda and Binyamin are joining up to get rid of the bad Vashti, as opposed to originally when Yehuda was replacing Binyamin. Now Yehuda and Binyamin are working together in order to knock down the bad Vashti. Pretty cool, huh? Wouldn't Esther be the same as Mordechai? Assuming that their father... But we know that Mordechai adopted Esther. So... It seems like she was in exile from Benjamin, and she, he, at least from his father's side, is from Yehuda. And it might be from his mother's side, is something different. But I just thought that was a really interesting. Side question of you know, when every phrase in Megillah's Esther is, is picked for reasons. For the, maybe the es, Megillah, Dafka uses Rea because here it's the Tikkun, because Benjamin and Yehuda are working together as opposed to originally when they were clashing. Yeah, you with me? Fine. We found the Ish, Mordechai. We found the Rea is Esther. So where is the mana? So look in Esther Bet Chet Yudalif. So Esther has been gathered by the king to Shushan Abira El Yadai Hegai by this guy named Hegai. Reminds me of like Hegart. She's taken against her will to the king El Yad Hegai Shomer Nashim to Hegai the women. Guard. And the woman is beautiful. And she finds uh, grace in front of everyone. And he quickly brings her spices. And her portions. Now, if you would have just been reading in the English, you would have missed that. You would have read, look at nine. The girl pleased him, and he hastened to furnish her with cosmetics and her rations. You wouldn't have thought much of it, right? But now that you're learning in the Hebrew, you see the word... Oh, good. Good question. Good, right? The only thing is, okay, Rav Kalman, you found an Ish, you found the, the, the Rea, and you found the Manos. But who says that Mordechai sent the, the Manos? The answer is, you're right. It doesn't say explicitly that Mordechai sent the Manos. We don't even know what the manos are. Was it chocolate? Was it ice cream? Was it Doritos? We don't know what special thing. 
someone snuck her perfume and, and he just got some monos. We don't know who or what or where, where it came from. But look in the very next possible. Esther never revealed her nationhood. Because Mordechai told Esther not to reveal her national identity. And every day, Mordechai would go by and pass by Ladat at Shlom Esther Umayasela. How's Esther doing? How is she faring under these trying circumstances? So you're right, Leah. It doesn't say explicitly that Mordechai gave her the manos, but could it be? That the same guy who's checking over her all the time, and in the very next pasuk, is saying that Mordechai is telling her not to reveal her identity. Maybe it really came from Mordechai. And let's take it even further. And I agree, this is just a conjecture. I don't know this for sure. But what if in that little Dorito, you know how they have those Chinese uh, things with the little messages in it? What if they snuck in the Dorito a little message, and that was how she knew not to reveal her identity? Okay. It could be. You have to remember, es- there's, a, there's a crazy drama going on here. Mordechai has raised this girl. He loves this girl. You know, either the Gemara says he married her. He definitely raised her. We don't know for sure, but they have a deep, deep connection. And she's being taken away from her identity, from her Judaism. She doesn't know why, but you have this Mordechai who she's so close to, and she's sneaking her a Dorito with a message. Don't give up the fact that you're Jewish. Okay? If this theory is correct, okay, so it turns out that the prototypical Mishloach Manot, the first Mishloach Manot that was ever given to mankind, was more than just, ah, oh, here, take a, you know, a Dorito, have a great perm, happy perm. It was a deep message that even during the darkest situation in life, I'm still here for you. I love you. I'm watching over you. You know? Roshlomo used to say that when you give your Roshlach Manos, don't forget to give to your mom. Don't get, forget to give to your dad. Don't give, forget to give to your husband. So often we, we, we think about Roshlach Manos like I was saying it before. Ah, give to that friend you never care about. Give to the random person. Give to the poor person. It's true. And I do that. And I'm into that. But this is a totally different angle. This is saying, Mishloch Manos is a deeply emotional way of saying you love someone. Give it to the people you're closest with. And don't forget about them. And what I um, urge you to do is the night before Purim or find some time and write a letter on your Mishloch Manos or send a WhatsApp message or send a voice note or find a way of making Mishloch Manos more than just a, a trivial Dorito, you know, whatever. It was great. It was great. Happy Purim. Take the people who you love. It doesn't even have to have a Dorito involved. You could just give a voice note to your mom or your dad on Purim and use the opportunity of Mishloch Manos to get close to the people who love you. And if, if, if Rabbi Foreman's uh, theory is correct, it's really amazing that that was the whole... That Why did Esther... Bring me back to our original thought. Why did Esther mitakin that we have to do Mishloch Manos? Because that's what she herself got from, from Mordechai. So they wanted to take their experience of supporting each other during those most challenging situations and, um, and, you know, and pay that forward for the Jewish people so that we can also deepen our relationships. Yeah, you with me? Has anyone here ever gotten a meaningful Mishloch Manas, which is felt like, I remember that Mishloch Manas. It was, uh, 
The cutie one. The cutie one. Good. So Bezrat Hashem, this year, it's going to be the first time that you are going to experience Bezrat Hashem. Not, you know, not, maybe you won't get the most meaningful Mishlach Manus, but it'll be the most meaningful experience for you because you're giving. And as we said before, when you give, you get. You get the most happiness and perm when you're giving. So Hashem should bless you to take this year to your heart and really try to give Mishlach Manus with all your heart and all your joy. And when your friend gives you a little chocolate, and uh, whatever, even though you're giving them this whole fancy schmancy package, imagine like it's more than it is. Imagine like it's the deepest opportunity to, to receive it, to bring simcha, and to connect to each other. Ezrat Hashem, you guys want to bring me a mishloch manas? I've been in the old city. You're welcome to, even the minute, honestly, is not for men and women to exchange mishloch manas. So you can give it to my wife. And show, actually, I forgot the men. There is a, a minute to do it through a messenger. You know this? There's a minute of doing a messenger. I don't know what the Rakhazit thing Probably is. Probably the other, the new, the film. Um, I think they're doing it in a frat or something like that. No, right? that's, that's, the, that's on the, the out, that's on the, um, like outside the original Ah. Uh, and then Shushan um, Karim No, after, no. after Tongester, we have like the night, um, night at the Rakhazit. Ah. So, no, so they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have invited her because they would get in the way. So it could be at the new one. No, it would get in the way 